On April 1st, 1964, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center held a dedication for a new four-and-a-half-story wing of its Kettering Laboratory. The new wing was called the Robert A. Kehoe Hall. The 70-year-old namesake of the hall, Dr. Kehoe, was in attendance and watched as his portrait was hung in the building. Kehoe was being honored after a four-decade-long career of being the most staunch medical defender of leaded gasoline, a product invented by the late Robert Mitchley Jr. Kehoe's work defending leaded gasoline was so effective that the dedication of Kehoe Hall was even attended by Dr. Luther Terry, the Surgeon General of the Public Health Service. Though Kehoe and his associates at Kettering Lab dedicated their lives to allowing workers and the public to be harmed in the name of profit, the Surgeon General spoke words of praise that indicated the opposite. They represented something uniquely and admirably American, an enlightened and humane interest on the part of industry in protecting its workers and the public. This would be one of the last times any U.S. public official would be so deferential to the absurd worldview of Dr. Robert Kehoe. During the same time, undeniable evidence was building that lead from industry was poisoning the earth and humanity. Just two years after the dedication of Kehoe Hall, Dr. Kehoe would find himself being forced to answer uncomfortable questions in Congress about the true impact of leaded gasoline. I'm Travis View, and this is Trickle Down, a podcast about what happens when bad ideas flow from the top. With me are Julian Field and Jake Rokotansky. Episode 16, Earth's Most Destructive Organism, Part 2. So on the last episode, I talked about how uh, Thomas Bidgley Jr., with support from his boss, Charles Kettering, invented leaded gasoline, or tetraethyl lead, in order to fix the problem of engine knock in cars. Engine knock being a problem that not only made engines noisy, but uh, made them much less efficient and useful. Leaded gasoline went on sale under the brand name of ethyl, but uh, there was a crisis where multiple workers were severely poisoned and died through the production of tetraethyl lead. This caused health boards in New York and New Jersey to briefly ban the sale of leaded gasoline. It also caused the Surgeon General of the United States Public Health Service to appoint a special committee in 1925 to investigate the health impacts of the substance. But that committee ultimately found, quote, no good grounds for prohibiting the sale of ethyl gasoline. The danger, they claimed, lay only in the manufacturing of the substance, not in allowing it to be used by the ever-growing motoring population. In fact, the committee's exact words were this. So far as the committee could ascertain, all the reported cases of fatalities and serious injuries in connection with the use of tetraethyl lead have occurred either in the process of manufacture of this substance or in the procedures of blending and ethylizing. To the committee's minor credit, however, they viewed their study as only interim. It was to be followed, they assumed, by longer follow-up studies in the coming years. In their final report to the Surgeon General, the committee warned this. It remains possible that if the use of leaded gasoline becomes widespread, conditions may arise very different from those studied by us, which would render its use more of a hazard than would appear to be the case from this investigation. Longer experience may show that even such slight storage of lead as was observed in these studies may lead eventually in susceptible individuals to recognizable lead poisoning or to chronic degenerative diseases of a less obvious character. So even in this early stage, they accurately Mm -hmm. predicted what was going to happen. Cool. 
We're playing with fire, but we aren't yet terribly burned. <laughs> well, and it's we're going to see uh, what happens if the fire continues to burn for, say, another 25 years. <laughs> Listen, your finger is definitely over the flame. Let's just see what happens. The committee recognized that the short-term investigation was limited and didn't account for how leaded gasoline would affect the public as the car industry grew. In view of such possibilities, the committee feels that the investigation begun under their direction must not be allowed to lapse. It should be possible to follow closely the outcome of a more extended use of this fuel and to determine whether or not it may constitute a menace to the health of the general public after prolonged use or other conditions not now foreseen. The vast increase in the number of automobiles throughout the country makes the study of all such questions a matter of real importance from the standpoint of public health, and the committee urges strongly that a suitable appropriation be requested from Congress for the continuance of these investigations under the supervision of the Surgeon General of the Public Health Service. The committee passed a resolution calling on the Public Health Service to conduct further studies. Now, this was a really common view. So even some of the industry's paid scientists were uneasy about the use of lead and gasoline. The president of the Society of Automotive Engineers uh, called for additional investigations concerning lead's possible relation to sterility. And the American Chemical Society, which otherwise might have been a supporter of ethyl, proposed around this time that increased governmental regulation over chemicals, quote, is a subject worthy of further discussion. You know what? I'm ha I'm starting to get the feeling that this uh, Surgeon uh, General, you know, he, he had something correct. I mean, I don't know if it's admirably American, but this is definitely uniquely American. <laughs> However, none of these calls for further government action were ever acted upon. And it was this failure that gave Ethel its opening. So the Public Health Service never conducted the studies. The Surgeon General never lobbied Congress to pay for them. And for the next 40 years, all of research on TEL's health impact would be underwritten by General Motors, Standard Oil, DuPont, the Ethel Corporation, and lead industry trade associations. Mm -hmm. In May of 1926, one year after the sale of lead-laced gasoline was suspended, the sale of ethyl resumed. Signs appeared in gas stations, which triumphantly proclaimed that, quote, ethyl is back. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Cigarettes are back. I mean, we thought they were bad for a little bit, but guess what? Light them up, boys. And this, this uh, doesn't even give you the nice satisfaction of a little bit of kick and something to do. I know. It's funny. It's like, you know, the uh, the old Shamrock uh, Lucky Charms are back, except it's like fucking poison that you can put into your gas tank <laughs> in your lungs. Guy, guy holding an entire car up to his mouth uh, with the <laughs> exhaust pipe in his, in his lips. Yum, yum, yum. He's holding a lighter to the front of the grill. <laughs> Ethel's earliest advertisements dealt solely with the uh, speed and powers it could uh, offer to engines, but for some reason never mentioned the active ingredient, lead. For example, uh, this is what was said in a 1927 ad that ran the National Geographic. As an ethyl user, you have the benefits of greatly increased speed, more power on hills and heavy roads, quicker acceleration, and complete elimination of knock. But the real high-compression automobile is here at last. Ethyl gasoline has made it possible. Ride with ethyl in a high-compression motor and get the thrill of a lifetime. Oh, yeah, you'll be flying. You'll be seeing fucking butterflies. You'll be beating the <laughs> hell out of your family. You'll grow butterfly wings, actually, and you'll claw at your skin uh, over your shoulder trying to get them off. Absolutely. Thrill of a lifetime. <laughs> 
because your life is soon to be over. So I mean, it's gonna be the it's gonna be I'm, the last thrill you get. I'm seeing stars. I'm seeing creatures. I got bugs crawling all over me. I'm I'm having the thrill of a lifetime. <laughs> The reintroduction of tetraethyl lead played a crucial role in the early development of powerful yet affordable engines, leading to a boom in the car industry. Cars, tractors, trucks, and buses became much more efficient, and this enabled other improvements. For example, cars were redesigned to include features like heating systems and radios, and they were built with stronger frames and steel bodies that were safer in accidents. Thanks to innovations like a Kettering self-starting engine and electrical systems, along with new engines that ran on leaded fuel created by Midgley, the American car as we know it was born. Within 20 years of using tetraethylene, engines became twice as efficient, their power increased significantly, and the standard gasoline's quality improved dramatically. Midgley's addition to gasoline showcased the incredible achievements of industrial research. Power, growth, speed, luxury, all enabled by literal self-destructive poison being spewed everywhere. I agree, there is something uniquely American about that. You know what, Travis? I'm sold, man. I'm gonna be. Uh, I think I'm gonna be a lead gasoline guy. You know how? Yeah. No, you know no. how? Uh, uh, like Digital Foundry like does videos where they're like, oh, actually, uh, CRT monitors make your games look better. I think I'm gonna be that for uh, for leaded gasoline. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do a yeah. bunch of YouTube videos about how your car is faster and stronger, more powerful, less knock. Yeah, you should do that, and also asbestos filters on your cigarettes. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> those busy bodies, those health cranks, got rid of our asbestos filters. I really look forward to the mini series that uh, you come up with on your lead poisoning jaunts. <laughs> hey there, you've been listening to a sample clip of Trickle Down. This is a side project that uh, I've been working on. It's a 10 episode series about misinformation and bad ideas that flow from high authority sources. I think it's fascinating, and I mean, it's a way for, I guess, me to explore the way people who should know what they're talking about don't always actually. I'm not gonna lie, uh, some of it's kind of a bummer, but um, if you're anything like me, that's actually more of a reason to dive into the subject matter. Like with the premium episodes of QAnon Anonymous, all the episodes of Trickle Down are available to people who support us through Patreon. Uh, still the same five bucks a month, double the extra content, same price that we've been doing since 2018. We are inflation-proof. 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 Inflation